Hey, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome to the inaugural edition of Opening Sets, a podcast related to DJ culture. We talk about the highs, the lows, the good stuff, and the not-so-good stuff. This is King Most. Also riding shotgun is my producer and good friend, John Reyes. Make sure to follow us on all social media at Opening Set Podcast. That's under Instagram, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and you can also message us at Opening Set Podcast at Gmail. Today's inaugural guest is my main man, DJ J. Espinoza. Not only a Red Bull USA champion for the year 2015, he's a veteran radio DJ both here and in Los Angeles and a globetrotting club DJ. And while having all his accomplishments, he still remains down to earth and very, very relatable. Even he runs into problems while overseas. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm in London and this guy's going in and I go on and I start DJing, whatever. I'm trying to go in. I'm, I'm like, I'm playing like the hot shit, whatever. It's doing okay. This dude comes up. It's kind of like a bottle service club. So this guy that works at the club comes up to me and he's like, hey, we need you to play Kojo Funds Warning right when you see the bottles come out. And I'm like, play what? Kojo Funds, you don't have warning? Because I'm talking to like my friends that are in the booth and they're like, yo, hey, what's Kojo Funds? He's like, oh, you don't have Kojo Funds? No. So there's this guy that the opening DJ is still there. He's standing behind me like, haha, this motherfucker doesn't have Kojo funds. Yeah, so he comes through, plugs a USB stick in my laptop. He plays the song. Literally, like the fucking whole club just shuts down. Like it's everyone. It's like the biggest song. And so basically like that one song just shitted on my whole set. And then, and then it was like, back to you, Jay. So I first met Jay Espinoza years ago. I was finishing a party and he came by after hours and him and I and other friends, we just hung out for seemed like two or three hours just scratching, talking shop, studying, learning, etc. And that kind of curiosity and that willingness to learn is really why I want to have him on the show today. He still hasn't stopped being curious and hasn't stopped being someone that wants to practice and grow as a DJ. So he gives a lot of great insight info on his career and where it's going next. We hear the hardships of travel, his takes on new technology with DJing, and how a toe and foot problem helped start his career. You can follow Jay Espinoza on all socials at DJ Jay Espinoza, that's Instagram, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and also at DJJSpinoza.com. Let's get into this. All right, my guys, we are here. I'm with my good friend, world traveler, Yo. champion, hella good homie. Jay Espinoza. What's up? Yeah. Applause, air horns. Thanks for having me. No, guys. thank you for doing this, man. Uh, as we were talking earlier that you just came from Europe recently. Yeah. Chicago. And you're about to go to Miami during Art Basel for what, 24 hours, 16 hours? I think less than 24 hours. Wow, dude. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could stay longer. I've never DJed in Miami and I've never been there for Art. Is it Art Basel? Yeah. I say Art Basel, but yeah, it's Basel. Basel is a, yeah, a spice. <laughs> spice. Yeah. That's like the food component too. Yeah. That's I think a pun or something. Yeah. So yeah, I wish I could stay longer. No, 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 no. Trust me. You traveling to other cities and whatnot is going to be, is and will be a regular thing. And where you're at is like the super cool spot. It's, if you're going to go to Miami and you're not, you know, some millionaire athlete or someone super tacky. If I'm not Pharrell. No, Pharrell's cool. No, nah, he's hella cool. But yeah, I'm yeah. saying like. Have you met Pharrell? I've never met Pharrell. You will. You will. Again, I, I could see only dope things continually happening for you, man. I said it because I've seen you and heard you for like forever. Yeah. I'm in clubs. I know. We go back pretty far. Yeah. Very random. And then we got a lot of mutual friends. Like yeah. my girlfriend designed your, no, not designed your website, designed Nessa site. And then we, Friends Tone yeah. and yep. all the Bay Area homies and whatnot. Yep. And I was, you know, doing some research on you. And you started when you were in your teens, DJing, right? Uh-huh. And you're from Fresno? Livermore. Liv- <laughs> okay. Fresno. Yeah, that's far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so is Livermore, but. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm from Livermore. How'd you just end up DJing? Was it a family thing? You saw somebody just living in the Bay Area. Just kind of give us the boilerplate breakdown of that. Man, it's kind of embarrassing and it's a long story. We have time. This is a podcast. This is exactly okay. what these well, things are Well, there was a for. few factors that um, I've always been interested in music. I used to break dance when I was in like middle school and I would always like record DJ mixes on the radio. It came out then, right? Wow 107. Wow. So before Wow 94.9 was 94.9. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then okay. Wow 94.9. Like I remember when 107.7 switched okay. to 94.9. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. the day that that happened. Uh-huh. So like I always listened to the radio, but I only listened when they mixed. So like mm. like Jose Melendez's mix yeah. at 12. Like I would listen to the Wild Workout at noon, the 5 o'clock traffic jam. Uh-huh. There was like a mix at 8. It was like, I think it was like the Bum Rush. I kind of It was like, like yeah. Leslie Perez and Strawberry. Wow. <laughs> and then like I remember everything. Like uh-huh. Rich Lock Samana did the eight yeah. o'clock mix and then he did the five o'clock mix. 
I, I was like a radio nerd. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I think if you... <laughs> I mean, I still am. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I love that. I, think I still that's do what, radio. Yeah, and as you're on the radio. I think that's why I like guys like you. This passion interest didn't just end or stop. It continues growing. That's how you really kind of stay good and keep growing and evolving. So, yeah, you were so, a total radio nerd. So, uh, yeah, that was there. So I always had it in me. Like, I love the DJ mixes before I was a DJ. In school, like middle school, mm-hmm. I would go to the dances and I would just kind of like stare at the DJ. I was the same way too. Yeah, you know, it was cool. Well, like, not that I, was, I didn't know what was going on, but yeah, I thought it was cool. I was the same way and not like I had any game anyway. So I would just watch the DJs. Yeah, I love yeah. that. So, okay, this is the embarrassing part. <laughs> okay, so when I was in like eighth grade, all the way through until I was like 20, I had like an ingrown toenail <laughs> and it was like bad. It was like infected, gross. Like I was afraid to go to the doctor. It was like my deep, dark secret. <laughs> I had like two of them. It was like on both. <laughs> okay, it was. I don't have it no more. Okay, but, well, listen, thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's cool to talk about now. Yeah, Jay's living better. Okay, so, get so this, is, this yeah. is the truth. Like, okay, so I had two ingrown toenails and I think they were like both infected. So gross. And it was like my birthday was coming up. I was in high school. It was my freshman year. And I always wanted turntables. Okay. I had like an uncle who DJed. Uh, okay. like my, I had an eighth grade graduation party. And then he brought his turntables over. So I got to like touch him for the first time. So at that time, I was like thinking about getting turntables, but I also wanted this really dope bike, like a BMX bike. Okay. Okay. Because I was into that too. Uh-huh. I used to like go to the jumps and- With your ingrown toenails. Yes. <laughs> yes. Why. It was like, I was always in pain. Okay. Wow. So in my head, this is what I thought. I was like, all right, well, if I have to get like my foot cut off, I could still DJ because uh-huh. all I have to do is stand there. Uh-huh. Very logical. Very lot of sound. Because in my yeah. head, I really thought like, all right, well, one of them's like really bad and the other one's not so bad. I was like, so if I go to the doctor, probably the left one's going to have to go. It's going <laughs> to have to go. Because that was when I was like the worst. <laughs> okay. So I was like, the left one's probably going to go. I could still be a DJ. I just have to stand there. And then um, I asked one of my boys, just one of my friends in high school, yo, like, should I get turntables or should I get a bike? In the back of my head, I was like, dang, if I get a bike, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it no more because I used to play basketball. I stopped playing basketball because I was like in too much pain. He was like, get some turntables, man. In the back of my mind, I was like, I was hoping he was going to say that. So I was like, all right, cool. So I bought a turntable. So you went from breakdancer to BMX enthusiast to basketball player while being constantly in pain. And you went from, obviously, you went DJing. That makes a lot of sense if you're saying it now. It makes yeah. Sense. So wait, wait, you got the turntables. When did you get your toes fixed? Let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so, that was crazy. So I got my turntables. I, I started DJing on the radio. When I was on the morning show, I was kind of like a stunt guy slash DJ. I signed up to be a DJ. It was on uh, this show in the Bay Area called The Doghouse, like oh, way back in the day. Whoa, so I, I was like that. their DJ towards the end of their show. Like before. Mancow Muller and Chewy. Yeah. yeah so yeah, okay. after Mancow, I was on after that. Okay. That, he was on, that was before me. Okay. Because they were like 90s. I just showed my age. But early yeah, 2000s was when I was on. It was like 2002. Damn. So we had this thing we had to do. It was really dumb. <laughs> I don't remember everything, but I just know we had to strip down to our boxers. <laughs> and it was like, all right, you guys have to take all your clothes off. And then who can do it the fastest doesn't have to do something fucked up. Okay. So I won, <laughs> but okay. I left my socks on. <laughs> so they were like, okay, Jay won. They're like, oh no, you have to take your socks off and I wouldn't take my socks off so they're like why won't he take his socks off Uh -uh. so this was on the radio Uh this was like my deep dark secret like Uh nobody knew this nobody even like girlfriends at the time like I'd be like getting it on but I always have my socks (laughs) Socks on like I never took my socks off for anything we would have like pool parties I lived in Livermore it's hot out there (laughs) I would be like the kid who like didn't go in the pool I'd be like sitting in a chair it was really fucked up like you would like run you'd make sure you would just put your feet in the water before everyone else came out or that yeah or I would like I'll go far away I would take my shit off (laughs) Like, and then I would just like jump in the pool. Nobody would see me. That was like if I just couldn't handle the heat anymore. Okay. So anyway, we're on the radio and they're like, why won't he take his socks off? They ended up bringing this dude Showbiz and Showbiz actually does Kadon now, Uh 1025. He's Uh been doing radio out there for years. He's also our train conductor that's in the background right now. He probably is. (laughs) Shout out to Showbiz. Yeah, they like tackled me and like ripped my socks off. (laughs) And then they just were like, oh, look at his toes. It was like the most embarrassing thing in my whole life. And it was live on the radio. So JV, the guy on the air, he basically was like, you got to go to the doctors and get that shit fixed. And every week we're going to do this to you until you get it fixed. It's tough love. Big brother. He made me go to the doctor. So, I mean, honestly, I thank him for that. Yeah. yeah, Forever. Because if he didn't, I probably would have had to get my foot cut off. Yeah. Your breakdancing crew may have just, it was probably gone by then, but I think definitely would not. I got all the moves down where like, 
my feet were in the air. Trust me. <laughs> your constant like 1990s. Yes. No footwork. Just, just spinning forever. Yeah, just like, spinning. Yes. Jumping back, your uncle, he was he a DJ? Yeah, he was. No, this guy was like the coolest dude ever. I mean, he. I haven't talked to him in a while. He's actually my aunt's ex-husband. Oh, okay. um, they're not married no more, but like I still got mad love for him. Yeah, yeah. He of course, of course. used to break dance and DJ in the late eighties. Okay, he, okay. I remember him telling me stories about like DJ Eight Ball and like Cubert, wow. like yeah. back in the day. Like yeah. he was like there and he was he was like DJing with those guys back in the day. I don't know if he was as big as them, uh-huh. but you know, he was around in that scene yeah. in that time. Yeah. He was the coolest guy in the world to me. Like he would always come over and I'd be like he would come in my room and like pop lock and shit and like <laughs> he was so good too. Yeah. That guy DJed my eighth grade party. And ever since then it was like, this is it. Yeah. That was the first time I ever touched turntables. So did he have 1200s or the big? Yeah, cap- he had 1200s. And he had like a big mixer? Yeah. 1200 okay. and like a big ass 19 inch. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Like a Newmark or MTX. Yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, growing up homies in my circle of friends that had some random thing and they had like the crossfaders on one side all the way to the left and there's knobs and for the people that don't know that mixer, they Everyone had like the transformer little clicker things. And that was yep. like where you would get open and do your... They had the EQs on them. Yeah. On okay. I think, yeah. I think we had the same mixer then, man. So then that was it. And then you got turntables. How long was it right away or it's still some time after that? So that was eighth grade graduation. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the next year, I told my mom and my dad their divorce. So like my mom's side and my dad's side, they like teamed up. Oh, cool. And they like bought me all the DJ equipment. I bought my own turntables. Um, I saved hundreds. Yes. I I got 1200s. I found them used off this guy named Theo. He lived in Newark. I don't even know. Like shout out to Theo. I don't even remember how I found him. Like maybe just Craigslist or something. He was selling his turntables. They had Craigslist back then? I don't remember. Something. Yeah. Yeah, But it was like $450 for two turntables, 1200s. And I still have them to this day. Yeah. They are the turntables that I use. That you And like where I would like record all my mixes. And if I ever like post a video on Instagram, that's the one. Those turntables I use, are the first turntables I ever had and they still work perfect. I mean, I've had them rewired. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. gotta do a little upkeep. I had to take them to Ajax. Oh, I need to do mine. I, I think I've had, I have two sets of turntables and they are just on their last legs. So I take them to, to Ajax. I know, I know. I, actually, I used to go to his first record store. It was called the Record Club in uh, Redwood City. Okay. And then I used to go all the time to ultrasounds. Yeah. And How long you been DJing? Since like what year? I DJed my seventh grade dance, dude. Seventh grade? Seventh yeah, grade? Yeah, I've been DJing longer than I haven't been. So, yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm like half my life. Yeah, I'm I'm a little past that. What's yeah, 14 cool. times two? 20, 38, 28? Yeah, it's 28. So you've been doing 28 I've years? been DJing since I was 14. That's so And amazing. I am... <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could edit it in post. I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm 34. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a, a few. I, I was thinking I would be your senior to your freshman, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I don't look it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good good genes. So is it safe to say that your parents or your family are super supportive of this? Or oh, very supportive, yeah. They're both, even though... As a matter of fact, they were so supportive. As soon as I had turntables i didn't even have like speakers yet so i bought my turntables and then the christmas present was amplifier speakers mixer damn so like i had my turntables first i couldn't use them they were just like sitting in my room for a month Uh my birthday's in november so then christmas came in december and i got all the other stuff so as soon as i bought my turntables my mom was already telling people my son's a dj Oh, that's so. so she got me a gig uh-huh. when I only what? had like five records. Uh-huh. It was at her work. You give her like a cut. She, <laughs> I think I got paid fifty dollars. Uh huh. So you gave her ten percent to the booking. Agent. No, I didn't give her anything. <laughs> you gave her love. My mom got me fifty dollars for my first gig. That's so dope. And then from there, that was when I started to not get paid. <laughs> but I didn't care. Like yeah. I was just happy to, to oh, yeah. DJ. I mean, I'm doing a gig as a benefit with some friends tonight. I'm not getting paid, but it's still yeah. fun. It's easy. It's yeah. not going to be stressful. But did you get paid for your first gig ever? For your very no, first gig? No, but that was a seventh grade dance. No, of course. I don't. Uh, Damn. They saved money. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They, well, I don't think my school had money. So it was kind of like that. And okay. it was just, yeah, it was just like, oh, we'll have Patrick come and DJ. So that's, all, that's yeah. what it was. But that's yeah. Cool. And then like you, it was a lot of years of just, hey, thanks for bringing our equipment and DJ for five hours. Here's 50 bucks. Be glad you got yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I that's what I did for my first gig. But 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 my mom was telling people I was a DJ. I wasn't that's even. So awesome. I didn't know how to mix. I didn't know any. I had like three records and and then like a CD player and that was it. I just like played the music and then finally when the time came when I was ready I was like all right I'm gonna try to mix these two records I have. Uh huh. And it was just, and I'm sure it was horrible. Yeah, she was in the dryer. Just yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What were those three records? Yeah. What were the three records that you had? I disagree with you. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, no. I said, you ever like put <laughs> shoes in a dryer? Come on. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Those are your first time um, DJing. But yeah, those I think, records. okay, let me see. My first records were uh, Jay-Z Sunshine and Militia Burn. Wow. The 12-inch singles. And then I had like that 
compilation. I don't know if you remember. It's called In the Beginning. There was rap. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was yeah. like the, the guys that were hot at the time redoing like old '80s hip hop songs and '90s songs. Okay. So it was like Puff Daddy rapping LL Cool J, Big Ol' But I kind of remember like this. Master P doing like I forgot what song he did on that. But it was like the guys that were hot at the time. Yeah. Redoing and it was like Snoop. I think Snoop did like Lottie uh, Dottie. No. No, that was ori- originally Snoop. Okay. Oh, wait. No, that was... I'm sure. Hold, on, hold on. Hold on. I'm <laughs> thinking out loud. Snoop was on there doing Vapors. Okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm fucking it up. No, 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 no. I think you're get, right. You get what I'm saying, though, it was right? Just, yeah, it was just a random thing, and you were totally... Yeah. This was, this was somebody it. did... Um, what was it? It was one... Dope Man. Mm. There was somebody, like, hot at the time who redid Dope Man. I could see Master P doing Dope Man. I don't think it was Master P, though. That would have been better though. I think it was, was like, all about kind of that that whole vibe. Who was it? I think it was like Mac Ten or some shit. Mm, yeah, I can see the whole LA thing. I can see that happening. And so, I forget. Yeah. But. So and kind of going back. So in high school, were you were you kind of quiet? Were you kind of were you, were you picked on? Were you the cool guy? Just cool with everybody? What was it like? Because I think that's always telling of the DJ or people in general their high school life. I mean, I think it's hard to say that because if you looked at me from the outside, you would be able to tell what I was. So like, I guess if I could say I was cool with everybody. I was friends with like some of the like jocks. My friends were like the brown kids because in Livermore, there's a lot of white people. So like my group of friends, we were like the the kids who wore like FUBU and shit yeah. and like camouflage. Uh-huh. And most of everybody else kind of dressed like normal. So yeah. back when I was in high school, they were wearing like old Navy fleeces and shit. Yeah. And like Patagonia khaki vests. pants and shit. Like we were the ones that stood out wearing like bright yellow fucking windbreaker pullovers and, or, and jordans or and shit bright orange yeah like the one hey, honestly i still dress like i did in high school yeah right? now nah, i'm like oh now what i funny when you see all this stuff come back I'm like oh i can afford this now so yeah i'm gonna buy four dollar polo, polo hell yeah no i see man yeah that's, that's yeah, we, yeah that's a whole other we can there's talk like about shit that, that comes out and i'm like man i really i remember when that shit came out i couldn't get it in high school yeah yeah no yep. I'm, I'm totally the same and they know that too like they know yeah. we now have money and disposable income most of us and then we can go and do that so in high school you were kind of cool to everybody but you mentioned on the outside you're if you saw me you would have said always oh, friends with everybody but i was cool with everybody um i don't want to say i was like popular i was i dj'd in high school so i dj'd a lot of my school dances oh shit so like people knew me from being the dj uh-huh yeah i mean i was just i was chill did you get paid for those gigs yeah oh okay. not a lot okay because well, yeah. and i would do it with uh one of my boys so we would like split the money 50 50 a couple of my friends actually um, oh, okay yeah one of my friends he was always there for me like his oh, mom nice. like bought him a lot of records and oh, so wow. like you know records are expensive back in the day like yeah even so then, i would yeah. always like borrow records from this one dude named chris chris rich and then me and him would even dj together like the school dances sometimes or like rallies and like they let us dj a couple times at lunch just for like no reason damn so it was popping like so you were the man in high school more or less i don't think i was the man but i was a dj and that shit was pretty cool i think it is it's i don't know cool. me and my friends we would like smoke weed and like drink and come to school like drunk like we had off-campus lunch so like <laughs> so you would walk back like there's basketball courts uh-huh. there was a little creek a little walkway and then you go up this hill and my apartment was right there damn so we would have like a 15 minute break and like me and my friends would like go to my apartment and like it's bad. I don't even want to. Like, no, I mean, yeah, you know. we would like go and drink and then come back to class, uh-huh. a little buzzed, uh-huh. or like go like smoke and come back to class. Yeah, probably back. some like terrible weed, <laughs> like some, some brown ass yeah, weed. weed. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm gonna make an assumption. You weren't. Maybe you were. Were you a good student in high school? Were you? No, your no. grades were terrible. Mine terrible. Too. Yeah. Did you flunk? You, high school? I didn't. No, I graduated high school barely. I flunked high school. I had to go to summer school. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I ended up pulling 180 and going to college later in life. But. Yeah, because you you're like very when i don't it seems that you're like really educated like Thank when i t- when i talk to you i feel like i gotta be on point sometimes like <laughs> like i can't be like what's up like, I no be like, no don't be, be yourself no nah, no nah, you're cool i'm just fucking real but, but but i always like looked at you out of everybody like all the dj people that i know like you're like one of the like smart dudes i try I, yeah. well i you know why i'm smart because i made so many mistakes but i learned from them true the high school i must have gone to like seven different almost every junior college in my area and until I started dating this really cool lady who was a, she was a teacher. You started dating a teacher? Yeah, years ago. Yeah. Oh, wait, uh, this wasn't when you were in school, though. Oh, no. I mean, I was already in my late 20s this or maybe in my early 30s at that point. And she got me on because I always wanted to do it. I was I knew colleges for me, but I just had to get my act together. And so she, she taught me. you. Yeah, the responsibility and discipline and take academics seriously. Yeah. And then from there, I was asked when I got to state and you know, got my thing together. Academics were not for you, but you barely graduated. I barely, I almost didn't. I probably wouldn't graduate, but my dad 
told me I had to graduate. So I graduated high school and I gave him my diploma. I was like, this was for you. Nah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God, I did it for him. Yeah, I mean, that's part of me is why I went to college too. Didn't, yeah. you know, first person in my family to go to American University. Yeah, there's wow. something great about that. That's that tight. Kind of shit. Yeah, you know, it's a great feeling. I think really one of the best days of my life when I did that. But high school was kind of ending. Were you even thinking about work and career or you knew I want to do DJing or music and that's it? As soon as I got done with high school, that summer was when I got on the radio. Oh, wow. So... That was kind of when my career started. Damn, you have stripes, dude. Wow. I, I mean, I mean, in the best way possible. I chose admiration and respect. Yeah, I probably would have ended up maybe going to like a small college like Las Positas or something uh-huh. in Livermore. That's okay. where I lived. Uh-huh. Um, but now I got on the radio and then I was kind of like, everything just kind of took off. Yeah. Then I met like, well, I met Jazzy Jim before I got on the radio, but he was the one who was like, hey, you want to come DJ on the radio? Or no, actually he invited me to the station uh-huh. and then he was like, bring your records. I was like, what? Just to hang out? You thought just I thought he out. was just saying, come through. Social and then music. he said, bring your records. And then I felt like my whole palm starts sweating and shit. I was <laughs> yeah, like, wait, shit, I'm going to DJ on the radio. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, jumping, jumping way, way, missed jumping a lot of things. When I saw you at Boiler Room, we were hanging out before your set and you were like, yo, I'm mad nervous. And you kind of were like kind of lurking in the corner. Yeah, I was and hella I, nervous. Yeah. And I was like, that is why I fuck with Jay so hard because he still gets nervous. Not to me, getting nervous means you still care. You still give a shit. Cause you could have been yeah. on autopilot a long time ago. And I think we see that in DJs or just in artists in general. They like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just going to float in. But you were, you still get nervous then, right? Yeah. Nervous. Are, yeah, for sure. It's, it just depends on how, like what I'm thinking. Like if I really care about the gig, not that I don't care about any of my gigs, but okay. <laughs> this thing. is like an example. I was in Europe for like three weeks almost. Right. I was like really focused out there because I wanted to do good at every single gig. Because the first time I went to Europe, I probably didn't do that good at all my gigs. It was like a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. So my second time back, I was like, all right, I want to fucking kill it. Like everywhere I go. And I cared a lot about it. So I was like really like mentally prepping, going through music like hard. So I think I did pretty good the last trip. And then I came home and I was so used to DJing out there. My first gig back at home, I was kind of nervous because I I was like, man, I don't even really know. Because I was so focused about playing that UK shit and, and doing that. I wasn't sure if I lost my Bay Area touch. Yeah, yeah. My first gig, it was like a, it was like my birthday party at Infusion Lounge. Uh-huh. And before I went in that gig, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen today. Normally, I just show up, you know, like You're comfortable. I play we, in the Bay. I'm comfortable yeah, here. Like yeah. I know what to do. I know what the people want yeah. for the most part. But that gig, I was like, I was like, man. And even like, I didn't want to come home and play the same shit. So I was nervous because I was like, I know tonight I'm going to probably like take some chances and play. I'm going to play a bunch of shit that I never played here before. It's probably not going to work, but hopefully it works. But I was kind of nervous. So can you say you kind of bombed a little bit on, on Europe? You kind of Fuck yeah. Yo, yo, tell me about that. Because again, no DJs will admit or talk about, I kind of suck tonight. Fuck, dude. Tell me about that. Okay. I played a gig, not the last trip that I just got back from, but the first time I went, I DJed in London. It was a club called Libertine. It's like a pretty big party. Mm, yeah, I think I've heard of it. I get on. The dude that's going on before me is going in. Like, he's killing it. Obviously, he's from there. He knows what to do. But do you think he was trying to burn you? Probably. Ah, dickhead. Probably. I don't know, but whatever. I, I feel like you can't ever um, get burned if you're a good DJ. Oh, like, shit. Okay. Like, I'm not. I'm never that guy. I've done it a couple times. Couple. Like, I could you remember. Someone else? I could remember <laughs> the times I've told somebody, like, yo, like, what are you doing? Oh, okay. A DJ that was on before me. Uh-huh. But it's, I swear to God, I've probably told two people in my whole DJ career. Yeah. But have you done that to someone else? Like, I'm, yeah, fuck this guy. Um, I'm going to burn all the bangers. Just I've never, start. like, intentionally done it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, it happens, though. I'm sure it's happened. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm in London, and this guy's going in, and I go on, and I start DJing, whatever. I'm trying to go in. I'm, I'm like, I'm playing, like, the hot shit, whatever. It's doing okay. This dude comes up. It's kind of like a bottle service club. So this guy that works at the club comes up to me, and he's like, hey, we need you to play uh, Kojo Funds Warning right when you see the bottles come out. And I'm like, play what? Kojo Funds, you don't have warning? This was like a year ago. Because uh-huh. I'm talking to like my friends that are in the booth. And I'm like, yo, like the guy who works for the club. I'm like, hey, what's Kojo Funds? He's like, oh, you don't have Kojo Funds? Oh, man. No. I'm so, from America, dude. So there's this guy that the opening DJ is still there. He's standing behind me like, haha, this motherfucker doesn't have Kojo Funds. This Yankee. Yeah. So he comes through, plugs a USB stick in my laptop. He plays the song. 
literally like the fucking whole club just shuts down. Like it's everyone. It's like the biggest song. Okay. This is not men's not. Hot. No, this was a year ago. So, that shit wasn't even out yet. Okay. So he plays this, the warning song and it's like the biggest song of the whole night. And so basically like that one song just shitted on my whole set. <laughs> so and, then, and then it was like back to you, Jay. And you're like, and I'm uh, like, and I was like, this what? is how we do it. <laughs> I don't know what I played, but damn, probably basically. It happens, man. I remember the first yeah. time I played overseas, you're just, hopefully this works. And we'll figure out. And was that your first time playing overseas? First Besides time. battling and crushing motherfuckers. That doesn't count as playing yeah, though. I that counts as the most stressful 15 minutes of your life type shit. But yeah, that was your first time doing a nightclub. Yeah, first time doing like a, a set. Well, that tour was the first time I played overseas. Not that gig. The first tour I did like Germany. I was in Vienna. I did Madrid, Barcelona, Nor Oslo. Then London. Not in that order, but... So that was like the first time I ever went to Europe. I did like all these gigs, like back to back to back to back to yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And is DJing how you're able to go and see the world for the first time? Or is it just... yeah. Damn. Through DJing. Isn't that tight? For sure. Probably everywhere that I've ever been. Yeah. Minus a couple of places that I've like maybe took my girl to or, but I don't usually, I'm not, I don't take vacations. Like, yeah, I don't, it's kind of hard for us. Yeah. I don't just book a flight and go somewhere for fun. Yeah. And that's one thing people assume that we just jet set left and right and we're just chilling and like, no, there's a lot of in The cool part about DJing and networking and meeting people is if I do want to go somewhere, I'll try to get booked there. Oh. Or, okay. Sometimes if I get booked somewhere, I'll make a trip out of it. Okay. So like, you know, if I get booked in Chicago, maybe on the way home, I'll stop somewhere close there because I'm already on the East Coast Milwaukee. or something. Well, Chicago's in the Midwest, but yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just an example. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But uh, everywhere I've probably gone is from DJing. Damn. So that first time when you, you know, hit by on those flights, like, yo, I'm going overseas through DJing. Was that just a crazy moment to you or were you just kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first time I ever went overseas, it was, uh, I used to DJ for Dev, who's like a... Yeah, yeah, the pop artist. Yes. The pop singer. Yeah. So uh, I went to the Philippines, Indonesia, and then a bunch of places all over the country with Dev. And that was the first time I ever went overseas. That was to DJ with Dev. I would do like a 10 minute set before she performed, yeah. hype the crowd up. Then she would get on and I DJ for her. The one time we played in the Philippines, I opened up for her and then they ended up bringing me back, just me. If it wasn't for DJing with Dev, yeah. I would have never got to go back to the Philippines and DJ on my own. Yeah. And that's usually how it happens. Yeah. You just do a gig and by who knows how you just end up going back there and like, I guess I'm doing this regularly now. Yeah. And that was a learning experience too. Cause I remember I went back to the Philippines and I was trying to like go in and they were like, yeah, we want hip hop. So I was playing like all the new shit. They didn't know. Doesn't work. And then this guy goes on after me and just plays like Flo Rida Wild Ones. Yeah. And this was like two years after that song was out and it was burnt to death. <laughs> and that song shitted on my whole set. Damn. He so played you, Wild Ones. So yeah, you're 0 for 2 so far for DJing but overseas. This is the Maybe thing about... Sign that we, no, I'm just kidding. This yeah. is the thing about DJing overseas though. Like they'll book an American DJ. They like American hip hop, but they do it different. They don't play American hip hop out there like how we play it in America. Okay. They're a little behind the times then. Yeah. Or at least in the field. Because, yeah, because I was told. Yeah, it's, it's behind. Yeah. It's behind. And they definitely play like more classics. In America, you get booked to do like a primetime set. They want you to come in and play like all the new shit. Yeah. Like so all the like bangers. Like as of now, Cardi B and. Yeah, exactly. Least, I mean, they like yeah. those ones. But after you play the five new songs, there's still like 30 other songs that are still kind of like current overseas maybe instead of playing like the current 30 songs they probably want more classics like kind of the greatest hits of the past like shit minutes. that's burned the fuck out like yeah 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 like fucking dj cool Clinical. let me clear my throat uh, and like party up and dude. you could play like uh, what's like a song i heard out there and i was like wow like this is <laughs> this is like it's huge i can't believe it like um peak 2011 pitbull like eve let me blow your mind oh prime time huge yeah like uh jay-z kanye paris that's like still. That's still kind of bangs now. Like you can still. I mean, okay. Like I stopped playing. Me, like, mm. like I stopped playing. I play it again now. Yeah. Oh, but you, you I, I, some rest. I let nice. that shit chill for like the longest time. But going to Europe and then like seeing other DJs play it, and you see the energy. You know, you know how that is when you're DJing a spot and it's just like somebody plays a song, or if you play a song and it's just huge, it kind of makes you like it more. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So where has been an overseas gig where it's been like okay. I got it now. I had to learn the hard way, but now I'm dialed in. Was it the recent run or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the recent run for sure. And that's when you play like this, like more UK. Or I just did more of my, I did more research. Yeah. Um, and then I had some homies who gave me a ton of records 
listening to the DJs play before me. And then even like out there, like a lot of the, the spots go later. Like I wouldn't start DJing until two in the morning. So like before my slot at two, like my friends would take me to other clubs oh, dope. and I would be like in a club at midnight and I'd see like the other DJs playing these records. And you're like, what's up with my life? And I know I have them and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like I wouldn't even think that this song would be this big. Yeah. I like to say the word research because you definitely seem like somebody that still spends time practicing. Like I follow you on Instagram yeah, and you're still yeah. posting videos of routines and scratches. Tell me about your regimen of staying sharp and growing and staying on top. I don't really have one. I just do whatever excites me. I enjoy like practicing and doing my research. Yeah. And when you say research, you mean like going on record polls, listening to the mixes, talking to other people. What does research mean? Cause I think the it, internet, the internet, looking at people's snaps. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah, every, yeah. everything, like honestly, I'll be like on Instagram, just looking at like people's videos and you hear a song in the background and you're like, and you're like I got to replay that shit. I'm like, put the phone to my ear. Like what song is that? And type the lyric. And then in. you hear like four words and you're like, all right, you type the words in Google and see what comes up. Yeah. yeah. That's how it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure. And, dude, everybody does that. Come on. I mean, yeah. Don't, don't say you don't do that. No, no, no. I think actually anybody if you don't do that, then, then, then you don't DJ. care. Yeah. yeah then you, then you just don't care. Yeah. And you're probably a shitty DJ. Then you're just fucking playing pop that in Paris. Yeah. And like, <laughs> or or what? What was the other thing you said they played that was really big? Uh, Full Ride. Yeah. Oh, still, Wild Ones. That was yeah, in the yeah, Philippines. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. But yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds, yeah, you, you yeah. would be that guy. One thing I also like about you that, yes, you can do the club shit very technically, but you still are really nasty on scratching. You've kind of stayed that way since just always practicing scratching regularly. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I'm a fan of it. Like I still like every day before I go to sleep, you can probably ask my girl, like I'll watch videos of like just DJ videos, old battles. I'd rather watch that than like a movie. Okay. You know or, what I mean? Like love and hip hop or some shit like that. Yeah. I definitely don't watch that. But, <laughs> um, but you know. I like watching that stuff. Yeah. I'm a fan of it. I'm still interested. Love that. Yeah. It's so dope. I love like all the young kids who are coming up that are so dope. Yeah. Like K-Swiss. Yes. Out in New Zealand. That and dude. then there's that one kid who just won the DMC and he's like 12. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, heard, I saw his it's name. It's K-Swiss' homie. Like K-Swiss and him are like a DJ crew. Uh-huh. They have a little hashtag for their crew. Underage DJing. He's 12. He yeah. just, I think he just won, I don't if it was the world finals. I was just watching it last night. Yeah. I forget what it was. Okay, I gotta but, check that out. But yeah, he, that K-Swiss kid is nasty. Yeah, like, yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, I really thought that after a certain point, the era we're kind of from is young kids aren't gonna give a shit. They're like, okay, this is corny. I'm into, I may be into DJing, but not into the whole turntables and thing. Yeah. And lo and behold, it's super, super still like you know relevant to these kids i think that kind of brings me to the next question the thing about technology because i kind of have this thing in the back of my head how controllers and auto sync has really altered the playing field for djing are you very pro technology or are you still kind of you can i am the shittiest person when it comes to technology <laughs> i don't even know how to use sync mode okay if well, you I, don't need to so a lot of people use it Okay. Surprisingly, uh-huh. how do you feel about that? I don't want to say names. Uh, yes, we, there are plenty of names we could say, but I'll fair. But it's fine. Who it's cares? Fine. You're not. You're not like. You're not Dude, Joe okay, about Craze it. uses sync mode, right? Uh-huh. What are you gonna say to Craze? Nothing, because nothing. He's the shit. So who fucking cares? Yeah, he's. I, I guess if we're talking about an example like him, he is. Because also we know where his levels at, and it's really like one of the top dudes ever. Do you think it matters though? You Do you think it matters? Okay, like okay, Craze uses sync mode, and he definitely. He gets the pass for whatever he does. Yeah. But um, if the up and coming DJ who has no skills uses sync mode, do uh-huh. we judge him? You know what? I wonder about that because I don't want to be like the old guy that, you know, wags her finger and because I've been on the receiving end of that. Yeah. And it's it's not cool. It's not productive. It doesn't make anyone learn. So I'd rather maybe take that person aside. If he's so he or she asks for information, I'll be like, well, this you might want to do it like this. And there are DJs that ask me, you know, like, hey, any tips or things like that? And I'm like, yo, thank you for caring. I will gladly tell you. But if they're just okay with just doing that, I mean, there's there's crazier things in the world to to be worried about. You know, I just I let it go. But I am, but when someone does reach out for help, uh, I think first of all, thanks for asking me. And then I'll gladly give them advice. But um, I mean, but the bigger question is, yeah, it's I think it's definitely democratized DJing to a point where I'm not even worried about how it affects currently, but I want to see how it affects DJing in like five, 10 years, like the bigger picture. Like, will our jobs, our careers, will that matter? 
We don't know yet. And I, but I think DJs have had this kind of fear when Serato first came out, or CDJs. I remember Olderhead telling me, oh, when you guys started using those Lethal Weapon gutter butter records, those compilations, yeah. they felt the same, like, oh, it's too easy for you, you guys. use the intros. Yeah, yeah. You're, I would you're get whack, you need yeah, the yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get clowned by dudes who had like the ill access to the record pool and be like, oh, you're a compilation DJ. I'm like, okay. I'm you're like, one of those guys. Yeah, I'm like, what, what, what? And that's what I'm saying. Like, I've been on the end of getting dissed by older heads because I've used modern tools or whatever. But yeah. oh, okay, so I thought you were saying you were the one dissing. No, I no, but I wonder about it. You know, I, I just you know you kind of like, damn, it is, really is now. It's easier now to crush a party. I feel you know you show up, got all your MP3s, you got your controller, and just drop heat. And I think that works because some people just want to have a good time, and I respect that. But again, we're talking about the there's an the art to it though. Yeah, yeah, you know. Look, it doesn't matter if you have an intro version or the 12-inch version. Uh-huh. You could still suck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that, and that's one thing. That's why... Or I, you could still kill it, whatever you have. If Like, who cares if there's an A-bar intro? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. I, I think it's it's kind of arbitrary at this point. But, yeah, I know guys that are very technical. They've been DJing forever, and they're just still kind of shitty. So that's, that's why I say I try to kind of keep it open mind. I've always been somebody that's tried to be very mindful of technology and things advancing, and... What does this now mean to what I do? Again, bigger picture in this being a career. So you're not the best with technology in terms of you just get what you get and that's it. Yeah. I'm Okay. So I bought an S9. I'm definitely not figuring out all the like cool features. Like I'll see people do stuff in videos and I'll be like, whoa, how did you do that? And then I'll like ask them and then they'll tell me how they did it. And then from there, I'll figure out how I want to use it. But I'm not the one like getting the mixer and figuring out all these crazy features. Like I'm more like, show me how to do that and then I'll learn whatever I whatever I like do with it, that's what I do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not like figuring shit out. That you won't need because it gets in the way type of no, stuff. No, not not that I won't need it, but <laughs> Just like don't give a fuck. for example, I didn't know that you could like um MIDI map the pads I've on seen the that. S9 yeah, I've seen to that, use yeah. like the Serato pitch. So like I seen somebody do that, but I didn't figure that out. Like I saw somebody do it and I asked him like, yo, how'd you do that? Yeah, I'm the same way, dude. Yeah. If you show me a manual, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to ask Justin to do it for me. Right. And then, oh, then you put in layman's terms like, oh, okay, yeah, you do it like that. And I was like that with Ableton and, so, and scratching. Too. There's guys like Trey's. Oh, yeah. You know, DJ Shout, Trey's. He, that is, he's so, one of my favorites, dude. I yeah, love that so guy. So that guy, you give him a new piece of software. Yeah. He's figuring out all this shit to do with it like that you wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. So I'll, like, I'll ask somebody like him, like, yo, like I'll see him do something. Honestly, to keep it real. I'm not figuring that shit out. Like, yeah, no, I wish I could. Yeah, so do but, I. I wish I, I could figure it. Yeah, actually, yeah. Well, I was doing something in Ableton and I had to look up a function and I had Google like how to make that da, 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 and then his video shows up top yeah. and he explains it right away. I'm like, man, thank God for Trey's man. Yeah, it wasn't he, for him. Shit. No, I like that dude. I think and also just his voice and his level of technicality and, and yeah. everything about him is just so ill. And that's, I, I mean, if I could be like him, I'd be like, yes, that's what I want to be. So kind of thinking about accomplishments. You're decorated, travel the world, you've been on the radio for a billion years. Are there things you still want to accomplish or things you want to do via DJing? Or are you just kind of seeing where it goes or, or what's up? I think I'm figuring that out now because basically what I'm doing right now in my career is what I've always wanted to do. Nice. I've Congratulations. Wanted, thanks. Dope. Thanks. So now it's like, you know, you get something that you want and then you go, okay, what's next? I always knew, I was like, man, I want to like DJ all over the world. And so... I'm getting like a little taste of that now. I'm still not like some guys be like really traveling hardcore, crazy, like different countries every week. I mean, I'm getting like a taste of that. Yeah. It's, it's dope, but I'm doing it now. So this is kind of what I've always wanted to do. And then with the traveling, it's kind of brutal sometimes. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's, it's not normal to you. You're not like, yeah, I got to go DJ here. I gotta go, I'm going to go DJ at the Kennedy Center and I got to go back and do Apple. It's still like, whoa, I'm no, go. I'm still like excited about it. You know what me is like when people ask me sometimes like they'll ask me like, oh, what, what are you doing this weekend? And I'll be like, yeah, I, I don't say like I'm uh, not proud of it, but sometimes I don't want to come off like I'm bragging. I'll be like, oh, what are you doing this weekend, homie? I'm um, doing this and this. And what are you doing, Jay? Oh, yeah, I got Europe this weekend, then this and this. Yeah. But I don't want to come off like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I feel you. It's kind of like we were talking about earlier when you get in the Uber. Oh, how's your day? What do you do? And like, oh, yeah, I'm a therapist for needy kids by day. And I do this on the side and also drive trains at night, like the, right now in the background. Did you plan that? No, that's just, just uh, no, we're by- Cue train sound. Yeah, probably, yeah. We're not that well produced. We have John, John, Damn, our producer, but it's just- You guys are crazy over we here. We lucked out. That's crazy. Yeah, then we say, oh, what do you do? Oh, 
I always kind of downplay it because it's like, I just DJ, dude. I just, you know, travel or yeah. whatever, play music. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you feel a little awkward for me. I do. Yeah, yeah. I honestly do. And I don't know why. Uh-huh. I think I think about it, too. I, I, do, I do a lot of self-reflection on that. And I think it might be because our jobs are, we're very lucky, yeah. you know, and there's different stratas of, of luck and, and accomplishments. And we also know that sometimes these gigs just fall in our hand. We show up for three hours and you get, we get paid a nice amount of money and like, yeah. what do you do? And that's it. And we're set for the month or whatever. And then you see these people that have like, are struggling and doing like, you know, life work. And yeah, I think I feel a little awkward and a little guilty or whatever. So sometimes I feel like I'll be so excited. Like I just came home from Europe and I did all this shit. And like, sometimes I'll be like, Damn, I, don't need, I don't know if I want to like, just like tell, like, and unless somebody asks me like, how, how was this? I'll tell them, but Sometimes I don't even want to come on and be like, oh my God, you know what? I just, damn, Manchester, this shit was crazy. And then I went here, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then I did this. And like, sometimes like I want to like tell people, but I'm just like, I don't want to come off like I'm trying to brag. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking too much. No, no. I think that's, I think that's great. It just shows you're a smart person that's, you know, thinks about and cares about the thing. It's kind of the whole thing I said that the fact that you still get nervous because you still care and it still matters to you. I think again, if this was all kind of normal and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do Manchester and like, whatever. You're like, you're like, no, I'm going to do Manchester. And that's, you probably practice. And again, it makes sense. The whole thing about you researching things before you go to bed every night. I think it all connecting the dots. It makes perfect sense, you know? And then there's the side of DJing where you kind of have to be a promoter. Yeah. So you like kind of like have to post you gotta that I'm doing this and this. Yeah. yeah. And I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you, Honestly, I don't. What, what, what do you mean? You don't want I don't, to? I don't post. I don't promote probably like I'm the shittiest promoter. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but I don't post like half the shit that I actually I love do. that though, man. I think a lot of people appreciate I'm that. I'm not trying to brag. Yeah. I'm just, but I'm so humble. Half of the <laughs> shit that I do, I don't post. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. For I sure. don't, I don't post. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because, yeah. I'm the same way too. Like I actually recently, like I'll post like dumb memes and, and like yeah. records and random things I've made and big parties, but the everyday stuff, it's like, I don't know. I feel, yeah. I, like people need to know this. Like if my friends are coming through, they'll just text me like, where are you at tonight? Okay. I'm not here. Come yeah. through and we have a good time. It's almost, I kind of like it because the people that do show up or because it's more, it's like a, not a secret club, but it's just because you actually, you make the effort to come through and hang out with me. So I want to talk about, we we're talking about also about the the whole Chicago thing. You'd be there for 24 hours. I think, again, people think we're just five-star hotels and all that stuff. And uh-huh. have you done the couch thing where you go another city and you're like, yo, I'm on the couch with a homie? For or? sure. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Was that kind of humbling when you first did that? Or you're like, eh. Humbling. I just think I was just doing what I had to do. Yeah. Not that I, I'm not saying I like loved it, but there's a gig that I, I was doing for a while and like... I would go and I would crash on the homies. He had a room actually. It wasn't just a couch. Uh-huh. Like he had an extra room for me. Shout so. out to the extra room. So it was yes. cool. Yeah, so the extra cute. room was cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'd prefer to get a room. Okay, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? But you friend. know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think in other cities. Those type of gigs, I make sure I'm promoting because if I'm on the back end, like kind of roughing it behind the scenes, I'm, I'm getting everything I can out of that one. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to cost you. Might as well make it worth your yeah, while. Of course. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I think going to other cities outside of California, outside of New York City, you stay with a friend and they actually have a spare room. Mm-hmm. Like, that's some shit doesn't happen in the Bay Area because yeah. every room is going to... Hey, honestly, sometimes like it could go both ways. Like the spare room might be better than the, the hotel because be. you're chilling on like at a house. You got like the comfort of being in a home. Versus being in a hotel, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my homie Metro in Chicago, he was like, next time you come, we got the extra room for you. Like, I would totally crash at his house. Yeah. Because he's yeah. hella cool. Uh, his wife is cool as fuck. He got the studio with the turntables there. Oh, like, wow. I'm sure I could go use it if I needed to. Like, I'd rather stay there. Yeah, that sounds like the ultimate Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah, like a host. Yeah, and, to yeah. keep it real, like, I'd rather totally be there than than being at, like, a some five-star hotel. Yeah, because those are they're kind of little stuff. Not that I've been at a five-star hotel. <laughs> Sorry, Jay, I haven't, you know, but... But yeah, they're just a little cold and a little different. There's no amenities and it's just whack. Not really a good vibe. Makes me think of two questions. Uh, the kind of sacrifice we have to do. And that's kind of another thing. I don't think a lot of people understand that there's a lot of shit we have to kind of put ahead to get ahead. Has DJing kind of maybe affected your friendship, relationships with family or partners or whatever? I mean, how's it uh, shaped it or influenced it? Yeah, I know. I mean, I've had like relationships definitely go bad just because some people can't handle it. Our girls have to have the thickest skin. Because we got to be around all types of shit in clubs. 
you know, drunk girls coming up in the booth flirting with us. And some girls like don't care. They're like, uh-huh, whatever. Like, I know what it is. My man knows how to handle this situation. Some girls can't handle that. So I've definitely like been in relationships where it went bad because of them being the uh, skin wasn't thick enough. Insecure a little bit. I yeah. can't blame it all on them. I mean, I'm sure I, I probably like. Thank play. you for saving that. Thank you. <laughs> I can't blame them totally. But yeah, yeah like, I mean, I, I definitely like probably didn't handle the situation as good, but um, it's hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. It just depends on where you're at as a person, what you want in life. Yeah. Yeah. But now things are a little more even. If down. you're a hoe and you're a DJ, <laughs> a man, a you're going to fuck your relationship up because you're definitely going to still be a hoe. Yeah. But if you know you don't want to be a hoe and you're a DJ, you'll be all right. Yeah. Thank you for putting the blame on the hoe DJ. Because, yeah, they definitely are the catalyst to make that kind of fall yeah. apart. Yeah. I think that's basically it. Yeah. but yeah, Simple. The, simple. Yeah. It's, it's logical. But if it, you want to be a hoe and you're a DJ... It's a fucking great opportunity to be yeah, a hoe. But don't be a relationship or be in a yeah. relationship where that's somehow in some weird way it's okay or whatever. But if you yeah. got your shit together and, you know, if you got yourself in a cool relationship and your wife or girlfriend is like dope, then why would you want to be a hoe? Uh, you know, I feel like that, that's not something we hear a lot. Right. You know, that whole being mature and like a grown ass person about yeah. DJing and the traveling and all this stuff. Because uh, I think just in my past, even currently, I know people that, are traveling the world and I'm just like, dude, like it's just a problematic city hearing the stuff they say and things they do. Sometimes that maturity isn't found too often in DJing again. Cause I think just the way we kind of talk about DJing is very single track. It's just, I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to show off again. There's really nothing else going on. So I wanted to ask about traveling. Uh, what are some essentials that you always have to roll with in your bag or on your person? What are some things to make traveling easier for you? Um, I don't have a purse. Okay. You don't have a purse. You say that. Just clear that up. Did, did I say purse? Yeah, you said in your purse. On your purse. Oh, I thought you said in your bag or in your purse. Oh, I said, oh okay, maybe oh. I did say that. I mean, some guys be yeah, rocking maybe, the purse. Yeah, like the hey, Supreme uh, Shout out fanny to those pack. guys. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, a satchel. You're yeah. in London. They might have had a carry-on. Yeah, they yeah. are like, yeah, I've seen some shit out there. But then I also <laughs> seen like the tightest pants I've ever seen ever on a man. Not tight as in cool, but like, tight as in actual. Like they were smaller than the actual leg. So like <laughs> it was weird. I was, And it like stood out to me because... You know, you see guys wear like tight pants, but I remember walking down the street like, whoa, look how <laughs> tight that dude's pants are. I wanted to go like take a selfie with it. Like, uh-huh. this is crazy. And but, um, you did it. Oh, well. I, no, anyway. Next time, when yeah. you go back to England. But on yeah, when you're traveling, what are things you have to have to make your life easier? Uh, like phone plugs, char- like a phone charger, just like basic stuff probably that you would want to have anywhere. I don't know. Nothing crazy. I always bring like my own soap and shampoo for the hotels because <laughs> really? depends on, yeah, it depends on where you go. Like I don't like using the hotel shampoo okay. or the soap. It's very Seinfeld. I don't even like washing my hands with hotel soap. I feel like it makes my hands feel all like chalky and gross. So you bring your own soap? And I, hell yeah, I bring my own soap. I actually leave my shit at my house because I know I'm going to forget it or leave it and I just oh, yeah? count on there. And yeah, you're right. It does kind of, your hair feels a little gross after. And it, it kind of makes me feel at home because oh, I got okay. like my shit that I use at home. In a hotel, let's be honest. Hotels suck. Like I don't like staying in hotels. I don't care how nice it is. I'd much rather be at home. Yeah. Maybe I just haven't stayed at the nicest hotel. Hmm. I mean, but I don't you know. know. Yeah, I feel you. Like I, I was just in a hotel a couple weeks ago for LA for a whole week for some stuff, and they're just kind of boring and bland. They're not tight. Or then actually, if you're in a place where you want to be at, obviously you're not going to spend a lot of time in the hotel. You're basically going to wake up get cleaned up and leave and not come back until three in the morning after your gig or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. Do you get homesick then when you travel? I, yeah, I just did. Cause I was gone for like three weeks almost. That was the longest I've ever been gone. And I ain't shit. Cause you know, some of these dudes, they be on the road for like months. But yeah. I don't know how they do that. Uh-huh. So through, what was, what, I would do it. Of course. But at the end of my three weeks just now, by like the last like four days, I was like so ready to come home. Yeah. And I was even at my friend's house. I remember I was telling him I was in Rome. You know, uh, Damianito, he's like the Italian Red Bull three style champ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He lives in Rome. So I linked with him when I was out there. But I remember being at his house and I was like, fuck, I'm so ready to go home. I just felt it. I had like the same hoodie on for like two and a half weeks. Uh, Like I just felt gross. Yeah. And then I had like an Airbnb out there, but I didn't have time to like wash all my clothes. Because it was like a really small washer and the dude didn't have a dryer. Yeah, they don't have dryers in Europe or, or Asia. Anywhere? I mean, I think, well, when I've gone to Europe and Asia... They just hang their shit. Yeah. So because, I didn't know that. This is a space and just, I think Americans, we were just weird like that. We need to have our stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he actually had a blow dryer, like for hair. <laughs> so I was like blow drying my clothes because I it wouldn't dry and That's I had to leave. Hack. I had That's to that. leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my shit was wet. So... Yeah. 
Yeah, I had to put like a wet shirt in my bag. Uh-huh. You're just missing everything about your life here in America, like family, yeah. friends, hearing a familiar accent, food, all yeah, that just stuff. just my bed. Really? I was like visualizing myself walking back in my apartment. <laughs> like I was just like, I could see myself like walking, opening the door and like, oh, I'm at home. Finally, take your shoes yeah. off. Yeah, I was hella homesick. I remember the first, first time I went overseas, I remember writing an email to my parents and to the girls dating at the time saying, oh, I miss this. I miss the pancakes from this. And I was <laughs> like, oh, everything's cool. All right, see you guys soon. And then when I came home, I was like... I think I spent so much time thinking about getting back that I may have not appreciated as much. Because you're always like, I think you're just still trying to process everything in your head that you kind of forget some things, mm-hmm. you know. So what is next for you then? It, not just DJing, but I think a question I, I ask a lot of friends, what are we going to do in five, 10 years? Do you still plan on DJing? You're trying to exit out? You're trying to transition? You have no idea or what is it? All the above. I kind of have no idea. Is that, is that kind of... Keep you, it real. No, that's uh, just shit. There's people that work in doctors. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and, and so. I think it's okay. I'm not, I'm not mad. But I, I do think about what I'm going to do. I've been seeing guys that like, I'm cool with that are like doing more behind the scenes shit, but they're still in like the music scene. I think that's dope. So I don't know what it is, but definitely like trying to be the front man is kind of like cool for a while but then you know if you're a dj you're trying to promote yourself it's very like it's about you there are guys like doing behind the scenes shit that are making more money than the star yeah whoever is the front man and doing great yeah you know i'd rather be that guy but right now i'm 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 happy i'm cool with what i'm doing but in five years i don't know we'll see yeah i think five years is still you you still got plenty of gas in the tank we'll see we'll see 10 15 years that's when yeah that's when things really have to kind of settle in but you're in good hands man I, you, you'll be all right. Trust me. I, I could tell. You've been doing this for so long and what you've accomplished. And I think you're you're self-aware enough to know, okay, I, I know what, what I should be doing. What yeah. I shouldn't I'm be not doing. looking for anything, but I feel like my whole life, I've always just kind of like walked into opportunities. Like not that I planned on any of this shit happening. I feel like it just happens. And hopefully, you know, there's going to be something else that I'm going to walk into and we'll see where that takes me, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, opportunity always favors the prepared people. So, yeah. So, and you're a prepared person. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bring your own shampoo along with you. So there oh, you go. Oh yeah, I'm ready for that. <laughs> cool. Anything else you want to add to the end of this? Where can people find you and assume that they don't know the fuck you are, but they should. Let me know. Um, Let them know. Tell them. I mean, Instagram is the thing I'm on the most. I know. I saw it's your just stories. Yeah, at yeah. DJJ Espinoza. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. Just hit me up on Instagram. Me up I mean, I got like a Twitter. It's all the same. Yeah. At DJJ Espinoza on Twitter, uh-huh. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, what else is there? SoundCloud. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God mixes. I just did this like Missy Elliott and, Super friend. and Friends mix. Just talking about that too. Oh, yeah. And then talking the- shit, huh? No, no, he no. Forgot, no. He forgot to play this. No, actually, I know just like the, uh, like the obvious Missy Super Friends type yeah. of things. And there's a lot of stuff out there. So, th- And then you got, yeah, you got some love on that and it's just a good mix. So Thanks. I, there was one thing you played. I was like, oh. I, um, oh, tight. Yeah, I, it was like a lot of album cuts too. No, like, that's, I did play, I played like a lot of like remixes that weren't, maybe like some rare ass shit, like mm. some rare versions of songs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, album cuts, a lot of popular shit. Yeah, of course. But like, I don't know. I just, I kind of made that mix for me. And I, it was one of those things I like, I just did it because I love Missy Elliott and that whole era of like Timberland, mm-hmm. um, Magoo, Aaliyah, all that shit. Totally. Everyone. Missy was like the base of the mix. Uh-huh. And then it was, and her friends. Nice. The mix is called Missy and Friends. Super friends. Check it out. Yeah. yeah it's on check. SoundCloud. Jay Spinoza. Yeah. Cool. That's it. Um, <laughs> all and right. Then, yeah. Come see me at the clubs. Yeah, playing Man's Not Hot. Well, not anymore. That song's kind of burnt out. It hasn't even hit America yet. I think it did, meme-wise. It was, it was like viral for like a week. That might be the next new subgenre, like meme songs or Snapchat genre. That might be the next thing. Not it's ba- already here. That's your next mixtape. Strictly meme internet. I'm not going to make a mixtape of it. Dude, do it. It would be cool. I feel like Zach and Craze would do like something <laughs> yeah. cool with that. They are, yeah, yeah. Zach is very meme. He's like, yeah, he's that's super like, on stuff. Like, yeah. I think he was doing Harambe shit when the Harambe thing was going yeah, on. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> all right, man. Well, that's you're, you're good. Any final words? Or you kind of, that, yeah. that's all you had to say. Uh, thanks for having me. No, thank you for doing it. You got yeah. Can we get a train sound again? No. Maybe? Oh, I didn't come. <laughs> oh, damn. That would have been a great way. All right, man. Thank you very much. Listening, Jay Spinoza, the man. This is King Moe. Shout out to John, our producer, and shout out to LaCroix that is used as a mic prop and the Lumpia. Or what is this? John. <laughs> Where's my snare? <laughs> I have no snare in my headphones. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back for more. All right. Jay Spinoza. Thanks, guys.
Peace.